0: Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Wednesday morning. Trust everybody slept well last night and ready to hit the day running. Hope everybody is bright eyed and bushy tailed this morning. And so let's see what we have here. Let's see, we have Miss uh, Amy Oaks Turner's, his coffee in hand and ready to worship right there with you, girl. I got to have my coffee. My coffee. Uh, we uh, have. Uh, Grind the whole beans. I use that. Uh, what are they call? What was it? Death wish coffee. Or whatever. Anyway, my coffee is like motor oil. It has to be uh, uh, black, and it has to. I mean, it's a strong. It would slap you in the morning and wake you up. So. <laughs> Anyway, let's see who else we have here: Lois Adams, Donna Taylor, Jennifer Honeycut, uh, Christy Lee Allis. Uh, let's see here, Darlene Barker. So um, that's at least that's I see. There's a lot more than that watching, but at least that's the ones I can see so far. Anyway, and I uh, appreciate all you wonderful people tuning in and ready to get your day started in the right direction. Well, at this time, my friends, let us do our pledge of allegiance. Let me go. Let's Get it up here. There we go. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands: one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And for whatever reason, I still want to say John three sixteen instead of the pledge. I don't know why I want to do that so bad. Uh, losing my mind, people. that anyway, I didn't have much to go anyway, so uh I'm pretty good. <laughs> anyway. You know, it is um you know, I don't know how y'all feel about uh whole mask deal. You know, I, I don't I mean I ain't I, I see both sides, you know, and um you know, I I get kinda tired of people uh being mean to those who do wear a mask. I get tired of people being mean to those who don't wear a mask, you know, it you know, if that's what you feel you need to do, than have at it. But, you know, if you've had the vaccination, I know there's a lot of people who's really on the fence about it. And I've heard some crazy, wild stories about uh, the vaccine. And, you know, there may be truth in it. I don't know. Uh, but it just it kills me to see all these little kids having to wear these stupid masks, can't half breathe. And particularly those special needs, uh, they don't understand, having a tough time with it. And uh, so they started this morning, this little kid was out, uh in front of the school board in Florida, was it Florida, I want to say, and, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, we're sick of wearing these things. Well, the school board said they still have to wear them to the end of the school year, which technically is a few more days, but still, it just, you know, uh, uh, many doctors have said, if you once you've had the vaccine, you can't transmit it. Uh, the chances of getting it are so low and insignificant. Uh you know it's just uh, to me it's just another way to control everybody and uh it is uh i'm I'm just sick of seeing them. I'll be honest with you i just, I just i miss seeing everybody's faces and everybody feel free and safe, but at the same time, the virus is still real, and there's still people dying from it uh, every day so I know it's a double edged sword but uh my point is I guess um lighten up. <laughs> You know, like I like said to see both sides of it, but golly guys, sometimes I see some post on Facebook I'm like, jeez, just chill already, you know. But uh then, you know, all this going on in Israel. It just amazes me though how everybody wants to demonize Israel. Here, uh, you know, the, they're they're getting bombed unbelievably. Uh you know, Iran, Hamas and uh uh, they retaliate, and all of a sudden they're the bad guys. And I just, I don't know, I don't get to thinking of a lot of people that really don't. Then Biden riding around in, a, in an electric uh, Ford pickup truck, and he's trying to talk about the working class, and uh, that truck sells for $70,000, and he starts touting his baloney about uh, climate change, which, you know, <laughs> We want not get going on that. And uh have you ever seen a lithium mine, the devastation it does on the environment? Okay. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so good morning, Donna Taylor, Nicole Campbell Barnett. So uh uh so anyway, well let's uh get into our teaching this morning. And we're looking at Matthew twenty six forty one. Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What true words could be spoken. You know, we, um, uh, you know, we were talking about temptation yesterday. And, you know, our spirit is willing. You know, I think the Apostle Paul said it best. If wise, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the very things I don't want to do, I do. You know, it just is like we want to put our best foot forward. We want to do the best we can. And, and uh, it just seems like... Uh, uh, the flesh screws us up every time, you know, and look at something we shouldn't view, something. You know. Uh, say something we shouldn't, think something we shouldn't, do something we shouldn't. I mean, you just you know, we, we are sin-filled individuals, and uh, it can be discouraging sometimes. And of course, the old devil, the accuser, don't care to to remind you of that, and and uh, say, well, hey, you know, you're, you're not a Christian. Look at what you've done. If you was a Christian, you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't react to this way. You wouldn't have said this or done this or done that. And and this and the battle goes on and on. You're thinking, oh, Lord, why do you still love me? How can you still forgive me uh, with all the Things that I mess up and do each and every day. And uh, at least I know I feel like that sometimes. I don't know about you all, but I know I feel that way sometimes. And to me, it's a double whammy. You know, when I screw up, it's like, oh, you call yourself a pastor, or uh, you say you're a preacher, and then I look up and tell my wife, please leave me alone. But no, she has been known to do that when we get to an argument. You call yourself a preacher. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, uh you know we uh, uh it's, so it's it's hard uh, you know you think you know oh, gosh you know, am I really saved? Am I really saved? You know, maybe I'm not, you know, didn't say the right words or do the right thing. You know, it's easy to feel that way. But uh, trust me, if you wasn't saved, you could care less. You wouldn't be under that conviction and you would even question it. So you don't have to give out a second thought. And it's sad, though, that there are Armenians out there who teach that you can lose your salvation. That's a, a scary and sad uh, idea to think that uh God is out to smite you at every turn. Uh, no more, no wonder so many turn from uh Christianity uh with that kind of t- uh, erroneous teaching out there. God's not out to get you. You know, if that was the case he would have bothered sending his only son to die for you to rise from the grave for you. Uh to send the holy spirit to paracletos to help us. You know, so God's not out to get us. All right? He he's a forgiving and loving God. But at the very same time, you know, we've got to be watchful. We've got to be aware. We've got, you know, in any kind of war situation, and um, I'm sure you all have watched enough television and movies to understand, you know, if you ever notice, a sniper will take out uh, the leader or the general uh, of the military uh, of, of the opposing force. So the reason why they do that is it's psychological because if the troops <clears throat> excuse me, see the leader being taken out, then it causes mass panic, and uh, they feel like it uh, hope is lost, so to speak. So they try to zero in on that. In fact, I was reading a uh, uh, little article the other, was it yesterday? I yesterday, mean, maybe day for yesterday, talking about a guy in Vietnam who crawled—I forgot—couple miles, maybe. I can't remember. I mean, he crawled a very long distance in uh, camo, <clears throat> and well, um, and he was a sniper, tuck out uh the the leader of that um, particular military group, and after he'd done that, he crawled back and was never seen by the enemy and that that was that was an incredible story but uh you know, so that's what the enemy wants to do you know he wants to zero in on those weak spots he wants to zero in on that heart, and he wants to take you out that's what he wants to do And that's what Jesus was saying here to be ever watchful you know in this verse in particular matthew twenty six forty one uh, we realize the time and place that we're talking about here. We're talking about the Garden of Gethsemane. We're talking about uh, Christ nearing uh, his time. You know, he's, you know, his time was uh, getting close to being at hand, of uh, being delivered up to be crucified. Well, obviously, the disciples were not aware of that. Uh, in fact, you know, they they might have even been a little confused of some of the things that Christ was saying. But nonetheless, uh, when they... Uh, went with Christ to pray. Uh, you know, they always said that they would never uh, betray Him. They'd always be there for Him, but they couldn't stay awake through prayer. And uh, first, you know, Jesus woke them up a time or two. Finally, He said, "Just, just sleep. Like, do whatever you want to do," because they wasn't being aware. They wasn't being watchful. And look what happened to Peter. You know, he uh, denied Christ three times. You know, of course, he ended up being crucified upside down and uh he uh because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified as christ and and died horribly and and but is the the fact of the matter is because he wasn't being watchful because uh that he wasn't um keeping his eyes on the Lord but instead fell asleep you know that's why you know these things happen and that's what we have to do as christians in order to avoid those temptations in order to avoid those pitfalls in order to avoid those snares in order to continue our walk with the lord we have to be eternally watchful and the only way we can do that is spending that time in prayer spending that time in the word and it's a, it's a troublesome thing now, so many Christians neglect that that precious time with the Lord each and every day. They get they oversleep. They get a little too busy in their day. Oh well, I'll read at lunchtime, and lunchtime comes, and oh, well, you decide to go out with some of your friends to go eat. Well, that that fix it and doesn't you know screws that up. And then you know, you get home, and you think, well, I'll read before I go to bed. Well, you go to bed, you watch your TV, you fall asleep. You know, and then the cycle just starts all over again. And so you know, when a day, a week, a month, a year, without reading your Bible, spending that time in prayer, guess what? That's what the devil's doing. He's zeroing in. He's got those those arrows, and he's just you know, he's letting them fly, buddy. That's what he's wanting to do. He's trying to take you out. He's trying to cause division. He's trying to cause uh, a lack of focus on where your eyes need to be. And that's why we have to be eternally watchful. Uh, a good case and scenario here. This is from. Um, uh, the Lord, uh, the prayer that turns the world upside down, the Lord's prayer as a manifesto for revolution by R. Albert moeller Jr. Uh, that's where that I'm taking this from. Uh, let's see here, trying to think where I'd be a best place to start in at. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to read about three paragraphs here. I think it, you know, I think it's important. It says watch and pray. The word translated watch means to have the alertness of a guard at night. A night watchman must be even more vigilant than a daytime guard and the daytime danger can afford can often be spotted from a distance but in the night everything is different a night watchman must use senses other than sight to detect danger he is often alone in the darkness and without darkness he would otherwise employ there may no may be no indications of enemy attack until it happens so he must be hyper vigilant suspecting at any moment this is the type of watching Jesus spoke about. Jesus warned us that we are too easily distracted by the physical and will be caught unaware if we do not continually discipline ourselves. In the garden of Gethsemane, sleepiness overcame the disciples. Their physical need overpowered their desire to obey him. He was grieved when he saw this, knowing what was ahead of them. If they did not remain spiritually vigilant and in tune with him and ready to deny the flesh, they would be overcome by the evil one jesus disciples today must also watch and pray we are easily distracted by this world our fleshly needs and desires and the schemes of the enemy when we take our eyes from jesus in his soon return our values begin to shift our attention wanders and soon we are living like the world and bearing little fruit for god's kingdom he warned us that we must be ready at any moment to stand before him and give an account of our lives so my friends we need to be eternally vigilant and watchful and ready. As we were referencing uh, really First Peter 5, 8 and, and one of these paragraphs uh, is the fact that, you know, remember the devil, you know, he, he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's ready to attack. He's ready to pounce. And then we use people, circumstances, family members, all these things to distract and, and hurt our walk with the Lord. The fact remains, my friends, that Christ is going to rapture us out of here. And, you know, uh, Our time is not God's time, and most likely there's a better chance than not that we will not see the rapture, and we may die before that happens. But one way or the other, we're going to stand in judgment of God. Now, for those who are saved, obviously uh, our salvation is secure, our eternal state in heaven is secure. However, uh, God will judge us in the things that we've done. uh, uh, By get out here in a second, since we became Christians, rather. And how we represented God, if we were we ambassadors, uh, did we get there and minister? You know, those are the things that we're going to be questioned about. Uh, the, you know, it's not going to prevent us from entering into heaven, but, you know, these things may be brought up. Those who are not saved, however, will be judged for every single thing they've ever done. And then they'll spend an eternity in a fiery hell. So we need to realize there is a real heaven and there's a real hell, and that judgment is coming. One way or the other, it is coming. You know, and the sad fact is, is that um, there's so many people out there who think they can be good enough to get into heaven. They think because they go to church, they're good. If it's because their daddy or granddaddy was a preacher, they're good. They think because they do good things, hey, I'm getting into heaven. They think because they're benevolent, I'm getting into heaven. Until you've made a profession of faith, accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior into your heart, that is the only way you will enter into heaven. That is the only way. If you're, if you think your good works, are which are but filthy rags in the sight of God, are going to get you into heaven, you better think again. And the reason why I, I sometimes I may uh, repeat that a lot is because you know Barna's uh, study shows that. Nearly three-fourths of a church are not saved, and that is not a good statistic because if three-fourths of a church is not saved that are attending, then that's telling me that there's people out there who think they're they're, they're basing their eternal, uh, where well, they're going to be for all of eternity uh, on their uh, good works. I think that's what's going to get them into heaven, and I'm just trying to reassure people, hey, listen, if you don't know Christ, you're not going to get into heaven. And uh, you're not saved through osmosis because a family member was saved. They can't pray you into heaven. There's no purgatory. They can't buy your way into heaven. Uh, That is the only way. And that's why I really try to put a lot of emphasis on that. So for those who are saved, don't be distracted by the things of the world. Don't be distracted by the physical. Don't be distracted uh, by the needs and the desires and the things that uh, the world says that we should have. And it's easy to do. It's easy to be because, why? we are inherently selfish people, all right? We are prideful people. We are covetous, and, uh, you know, we, we want what we want, you know, and uh, we got to be careful about that. We have to be selfless, not selfish and make sure that we are showing all humility before loving God and that we are doing what he what is pleasing in his eyes and uh it's not easy to do it's hard it's tough it's it, you know it's it, it, you're not alone in this uh in this walk in, in a journey as a Christian and uh 99.9% of the time the very things you're dealing with everybody else is probably uh, have faced, or is facing, or will face. You know, so it is, sometimes it's easy when you're struggling in life, and particularly spiritually, mentally, emotionally. You feel like I'm the only one in the world that's going through this. Trust me, you are not. You are not alone. And there's none righteous, no not one. We're all sin filled. We all mess up. We all screw up. But praise God for His uh, loving kindness, grace, and forgiveness. But my friends, remain watchful. Remain diligent. Stay the course. Work towards spiritual maturity. Continue to grow. Be on fire for the things of the Lord. Be excited to go to church. Be excited to uh, to, uh, to learn and to hear more about the things of Christ, to read and to study. We've got to do these things. Remember, in the church of Laodicea, uh, the lukewarm, God said he will spew them out of his mouth. And where do we get that from? Is we get that uh, that scenario from the aqueducts in Rome because the spring water that uh, from which these aqueducts ran from by the time the water that was good and cold and fresh by the time it went such a far distance by the time that water reached Rome it wasn't good for anything it was was lukewarm it was gross it was disgusting nobody wanted to drink it if you drank it you'd want to throw up it was nasty that's where where, uh, we're getting that from in God's word and so as a result, uh, that lukewarmness, God's going to, you know, he don't want no part of that. So you can't ride the fence. You can't have one foot in the world and one with Christ. Either you're on fire for the Lord or you're not. You So you're going to have to take that spiritual pulse. Where am I at? Am I showing true humility, forgiveness, love, putting away bitterness and wrath? Am I doing the things that are pleasing and honorable to God? Or am I uh, allowing the flesh to rule and control me? So you're going to have to make that decision. And you, and if you uh, uh, feel complacent and apathetic and maybe even bored with Christianity, then you need a lot of fire under your backside and get yourself going in the right direction. And maybe you need to think back on what drew you to the Lord and what excited you about Jesus and try to rekindle that relationship with the Lord once again. But we've got to be watchful. we got to be diligent. Let us pray. And therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, help us, lead us, guide and direct us this day. And uh, Lord, help us to be watchful. and Let us not uh, fall asleep when we need to be paying attention. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes truly focused on you and to serve you well. And Lord, for someone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I do pray for this nation and its leaders that they'll come to know you before it's too late. Lord, uh, there's been several uh, here recently that is dealing with loss, and I pray that you'll be with these families and bring uh, healing and peace upon them. Uh, Lord, I do pray that, um, uh, that you'll be with our brother in Christ, Ron Thompson, and continue to bring healing upon him, and Ginger Hood, and Wendy Lee, and uh, Troy, and Linda David Feathers. Lord, I do pray for Roger Winters, and uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with Larry and Dinah Knight, and, uh, Lord, so many others that are needing prayers. Lord, I pray you be with James Vanover and, uh, so many, Lord. And all those watching today or listening, Lord, I pray you be with them. Let them be blessed and their day go well. Lord, be with us, lead us, God, to protect us we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, appreciate y'all watching this morning, and uh, don't forget now. If you like, know, I got, don't want to sound like a broken record, but if you can't watch on Facebook for any reasons, and I'm having more and more trouble, just go to our website at flbconline.com, and you can watch all the devotions and the um, uh, services uh, when we have them right there. And don't forget tonight's Wednesday, so seven o'clock tonight we'll continue our study in Second Peter chapter three. So be sure to tune in to that this evening. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the Alcune Chronicles podcast Apple iTunes free of charge. And it's audio only. List all the devotions as you're going out and about your day. Well, my friends, I hope everybody has a great day today. A fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last. Because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.